It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Live from Sir. <laughs> My uh, background <laughs> on Zoom is Sir Lounge. So raise your... I need your, to figure out how to change mine. Raise your glasses high. This one's for <laughs> you tonight. <laughs> um, it, really, it really adds to the call, though. It really does. Yeah, it really I does. feel like we're at happy hour. Yeah, we're, it's bustling in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> happy Tuesday. I hope everybody happy. has had a good time hanging out you guys it's it's may it's a it's a whole other month i was gonna say it's gonna be may but it is may it's already may it's cinco de yeah. mayo it's cinco de mayo oh my gosh cinco de mayo uh you better should... pour some tequila back there in that yeah. fully stacked <laughs> bar behind you get some mezcal make a sir rita yeah Ooh. is that yeah. a thing I don't know, but if it's not, it should, should be one. totally. Yeah, wow. Wow. Lisa that was really good. Listening. We're going to kick really it good. off with some beauty news. First being that Lancome is relaunching Juicy Tubes, which I'm I'm thrilled about this. I'm so excited, but I was just going to say, if you don't know what those are, then you're really... You're too young. You're like a child, just a baby. You're a little baby. So Juicy Tubes... Sarah, like, let's paint the picture. Juicy tubes. Yeah. You ha- always had one in your pocket. Yep. Like in your low rise jeans where the pocket was barely a pocket. And so it popped out of your jeans. Yes. And and you would like lose them as you were like walking from class to class. Basically, it was a cooler, higher version, uh, h- higher end version and glittery version of your chapstick. Mm hmm. And you would literally just swab it all over your lips a hundred thousand times. Like you could not get enough of it on your lips. And it would just make your lips look just so wet. Wet. (laughs) And sticky. Yeah. And like they they had like these really bright fruity colors. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would I would go back and forth between the juicy tube and then my hard candy lip gloss. Oh, and then the Mac Mac lip gloss. Yeah, lip gloss totally. Lip gloss was I graduated from the juicy Juicy to lip gloss. Yeah, that was like the progression. Had a little bit more pigment to it. Mm -hmm. Totally, but juicy tubes. Like, I just remember, you know, my mom dropping me off at the movies to see my boyfriend, where we would have some alone time and make out in the movie theater. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, mom. But that's what I did. If I wanted to make out with somebody, I was not allowed at boys' houses and. I sure as hell didn't want a boy at my house because I just knew, like, my my parents are not overbearing in the slightest, but I just, like, had this anxiety about having a boy over. Yeah. So we would be like, let's go to the movies. And we'd all meet at the movies, like, my friends, his friends, us. And then, like, in the movie, we'd just, like, make out the entire time. It was great. Oh, my God. Amazing. I know. It was fabulous. You never made out at a movie theater? No. I just lied to my mom and told her I was at my friend's <laughs> house. <laughs> God, it's we fine. sound like little heathens, but I honestly, know. it's like what I just, everybody did. I think about like the tracking that you have now and the cell phones, and there's just no way that I would have gone away with anything back then if the this existed. I have a child. They're getting an Apple Watch. Totally. And I will be tracking literally their every move. Like, yeah. I don't want them to have a phone. I know this makes me sound neurotic. I don't want them to have a phone because social media is the devil. Yeah. And I don't want them getting into trouble with their phones. I also think it should be something that's earned. Like, I got my first cell phone when I was 16. Yeah, but then there's the argument that you don't want your child to be behind. So it's like, they, and then they feel left out. And then they feel like all of their friends have phones and they don't. And yeah, that's true. That's true. Damn it's it. hard, though. No, but it's it's very true. And then they, ma- they make those, like, kid phones and stuff. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. It's scary. I'm definitely going to have to put some tracking devices. But anyways, long story (laughs) short. (laughs) Where were were we? Lancome Juicy Tubes are back. So they discontinued the Juicy Tubes in 2018. I don't understand why they would have done this. I guess sales were plumbing. We have the theory. Yeah, the the theory. The theory is that everyone was really into their matte lips. Yeah. Not a gloss. Matte lips. Matte lips feels so dated right now. It honestly. does. It, it feels just like, it feels like it was a different era. I, I can't even imagine wearing a matte lip at this point. Like I always, even with products that are matte, I put a lip gloss on top now, like religiously. Same, oh yeah, my lips can't handle. They never could. It was just too dry. Yeah, it was whack. And also made my lips look weird. Whatever. Same. And it would just take so long to put on. You know, and then it was messy. It's not as forgiving, then, so like, you had to make sure like the mm-hmm. Cupid's bow was perfect. Yep. Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. No, no thanks. Too much Too work. Too much work. So they're back. They're celebrating 20 years since the launch of it, which is bonkers, which the 20. 20- we were 13? Yeah. We were 13. Little well, babies. Little children. Babies. And the shade range is expanding to 20 options. So it used to only have eight. And... Apparently, there's one that says its name is Birthday Confetti. Sounds kind of like Glossier's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Birthday cake. I mean, they're really obviously gunning for Gen Z here because I was looking on their website. So, okay, $20 I think is a lot for a Juicy Tube. I don't ever remember spending that much. Yeah, like what's what's allowance these days? (laughs) I'm like, did my mom actually buy me a $20 Juicy Tube? But No, this was, no, inflation. Yeah. It was not $20 back then. But apparently they're only 16 on the site. Like there's a discount happening. Mm. And they have a bunch of different shades. There's like a clear one called Pure, which is like just jelly. There's one that's named, yeah, there's the Birthday Confetti, which is like clear with a sparkle. Um, there's like a really pretty pink uh, called Game Berry. So... I was looking at the the images from it and they have it like they have like the juicy tubes paired with a Nintendo Switch. So I feel like they really are like trying to get into the Gen Z realm of things. Totally. Which great cuz that's like you know how old we were when we started falling in love with this this product. Yeah. And totally. it's been imitated but never really truly duplicated, so. Yeah, it's definitely different. I do if you are looking for a uh, dupe that's slightly cheaper i gave my niece who was 13 the tower 28 the shine the jelly yep the lip jelly and she's obsessed so i feel like you know there's there's some competition out there oh there's definitely there's definitely dupes like i was telling you about it like the kosas i i feel like kosas is yep they're not exa- an exact dupe, but like the jellyfish shade is a good dupe. Yeah, yeah. I have Tower 28 written down too. In Beauty, I-N-N Beauty makes one. Yes. It's not uh-huh. a tube, but it is it, the same consistency gloss-wise. Glossier obviously has theirs. And then Michelle oh, yeah. Fawn makes one. Oh, M for- Cosmetics. Yeah. So there's a bunch Great. out there, obviously. But there's something about that nostalgia. Nostalgia, man. We need it. We need it especially right now. Cells. Okay, Sarah, this is a big month. Yes, it is a big month. Very exciting month. Tell us about it. So it is Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Woo! For those that are not familiar, the month of May, the whole month of May. So we thought, you know, just we want to shout out our, some of our favorite Asian indie beauty brands because what better time than now uh, than to support them. Yeah. So, so I took over Cherry's instagram on friday may 1st Mm -hmm. uh to talk about some of my favorite asian indie beauty brands and so i mentioned tower 28 which we were just talking about and then i also talked about peach and lily then i met you orsay cosmetics and sunny's face yep um who else did i talk about god there's just so many though i had to pick five because it was already like 15 slides totally i mean Tatcha, not an indie beauty brand, but we love Vicky. Yeah. Always love supporting her. Of course. Um, yeah. There's Coco Kine, Perlice, uh, oh, Clay yeah, Perlice. Cosmetics. Oh, I love Clay. 
I love yeah. Clay. Um, it's it's just for the people listening. It's spelled C L E, and they're really the ones that originated the lip powder. Yes, I know that we have a lot of p- brands coming out with formulas where it's a powder, and then you put it on your lips, and it turns into like a liquid or a creamy consistency. They were really the first people to do that, and I remember when I saw that at the Indie Beauty Expo, I was completely blown away. Yeah, and they make that hand cream that I love that smells like Palo Santo. Yes. And they make a really beautiful CC cream yep. too. Um, but yeah, so we will hop on our socials um, throughout May and kind of just share some of our favorite brands. Um, but definitely tell us who yours are. Totally. And also we want to support our, you know, favorite beauty professionals who that are too. Asian American. So I want to shout out Anko Tran, my lovely hairstylist yes. for the past six years. Love this man. Who Do you have a favorite, Sarah? Uh, so I actually wrote a story for Allure. It's not out yet. I don't know when it is coming out. Maybe it'll be out by the time this episode's out. And I interviewed like some of my favorite Asian American makeup artists mm-hmm. and hairstylists. So Daniel Martin, of course. Yep. Nam- Namvo. Um, who is, you know, the creator of the Dewey Dumpling Glow. Um, <laughs> Kara Yoshimoto-Bua, she's a Chanel makeup artist. Jenny Cho, who is an incredible hairstylist. The list goes on. I'll, I'll share the article when it goes live. But yes. Yeah. Just remember to give them some love this month. Yeah. Shout them out and give them some love. If you're considering getting a new product, maybe look into those brands first and help support them. Yeah. Yay! All right, Sarah, let's go into what's What's on on your face. face. Yeah, Sarah, what's on your hands? Okay, so I feel like people have been asking us this question a lot, like what hand lotion, hand cream are we currently using in this time of over hand washing and sanitizing? So Gold Faden MD sent me a lotion this past week and I have not stopped using it since I received it. It is their hands to heart anti-aging brightening hand treatment. So at first when I got it, I was like, oh my gosh, it's a hand mask. I'm so excited. I love hand masks, but it's just like a super skincare packed hand lotion that has all of these incredible ingredients that you would typically, you know, you know, use on your face. So it has niacinamide, glucosamine, and it has retinol, which I thought was pretty interesting. I don't think I've ever used a hand cream with any retinol in it. Have you? No, but that is actually so brilliant because when I wear my retinol, yeah. I will take it from my face to my neck and decollete and in any excess, yeah. I put on my hands. Yes. Yes, because if you know me and probably Kirby too, I have this fear of my hands looking super old. Honey, like my neck and <laughs> don't even worry about it. We're gonna go to Doctor yeah. Sam or Nurse Jamie, and they're gonna fill up our hands with filler when the time comes. We we talked about this, we're like how we it. need to we need to wear gloves when we're driving. <laughs> so yeah, so. Great. Looking forward to that appointment. So basically, it not only, you know, hydrates dry and cracked hands, but it also fades any, you know, discoloration spots, any age spots on your hands. And then... Oh, my mom is going to want this. I know it. I know. I think this is a really good product for, you know, some of our older listeners. Mature listeners. Mature listeners. Thank you. So yeah, and then it soothes any damaged skin. There's like a slight brightness in the scent kind of like citrusy I don't really know what it is I love it it's it's just it really really has been hydrating my hands and they do do look a little bit more moisturized than usual so do you can I ask because of the retinol are you only supposed to wear it like at night or inside or are they saying it's okay to wear it during the day they say it's okay to wear it during the day okay so it's technically a retinol palmitate okay yeah which is like I mean, it's vitamin A, so maybe it's 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 probably not a super you know high amount of of um, retinol. Totally, I would probably imagine that this is something that you would just have like by your computer or like you know you would wear indoors a lot. If you plan on going outside, I mean, I always suggest putting your sunscreen on, you know, on your top hands. of your hands. Totally. So yeah, but we also learned from you know Dr. Sam that you can wear retinol during the day totally like retinol during the day is not necessarily bad but the reason why we are told to wear it at night is because some people because of the cell turnover and the fresh skin yep 
So yeah. if you're not going to be religious about putting sunscreen on, then that's why. Yeah. But if you wear sunscreen, you're going to be fine. I love that it also uh, absorbs really fast because, you know, when you're like typing and doing all these different things, you want your lotion to be, you know, absorbing your skin really quickly. I need to try this out yeah. because I, I love Gold Fadden. I, their doctor scrub is just one of my favorite products ever it's a really good physical scrub Ah. for the face and I first heard about it several years ago because Kate Hudson had been talking about it and I got Mm. it and just the consistency how fine the exfoliating granules are yeah they really slough off the skin in a really nice gentle way but it actually feels like it's being exfoliated yeah I hate like the I hate the the scrubs that are just little balls that feel like oh, you're just rubbing them on your face. It's, it's so annoying, too, because it's, like, harder to get off your face. Yeah, yeah. And so then, residue. You, you know, get out of the shower or after you wash your face. Yeah, there's, like, residue on, like, the corners of your forehead. Totally. So, yeah. So this is an expensive hand cream. It is $38. Ooh. But. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not mad about it. It has nice You should treat your. You should treat your hands with a lot of love, the same love that you would your face. If I've done anything you know? during isolation, it's I've like literally, literally, Parks and Rec, literally taken the products that I would put on my face or neck all the way down. Like I put stuff on my stomach now. I'm going to town. I'm just like, what What sticks? Same girl. We're, we're going to <laughs> we're gonna walk out of here with yeah. like a new product. We're like, yeah. who knew? Oh my God. I like I have been using I used to hate body oils but now I just cover myself in body oils from head to toe. Sarah, I've been using a breast oil. A oil made for your breastesses. Oh, which one? Oh my god, what is the name of it? It starts with a J. It's a doctor that created this. And it's like supposed to help firm the breast tissue. Oh, I think I saw this. Jury's still out. But it's a thicker oil uh-huh. and you only need a little bit of it. And literally, I like will give myself a breast massage and it feels great. That's great. And it's like great for checking oh my God. for breast cancer. Joanna Check is a huge fan of that. Great. Of doing that, like incorporating like a breast massage. Your skincare routine starts up here uh-huh. at your forehead and it goes all the way down to your boobs. Yep. Like she said that back when she was doing facials, you know, a long time ago, like that was especially, I think she's from Ukraine. Uh-huh. Like that was just a part of the facial. And like obviously in the States, it's weird and there's lots of people who would sue and all those things. So you can't really do it. I would pay. But you should be doing it. So much money for someone to massage my boobs like get all up in my boob get in there you can get a korean scrub and they'll massage it that's true love a good korean scrub okay kirby what's on your face okay so this is actually for my body oh your body i've mentioned this before i think but not as a i didn't highlight it during what's on your face it's amanda harrington london self tanner amanda harrington is a body bronzing professional she's been bronzing people for 15 years both on set like she did Tomb Raider to roll the Rolling Stones like going on tour and bronzing like Mick Jagger for his concerts like wild stuff okay wow so she's very very knowledgeable in the term in the world of self-tanning and the one thing that I really enjoy about her work is that it looks really really subtle and natural it just looks like your skin is glowing not like you went to Tahiti for two weeks and like got a really dark tan (laughs) and trust me like I have like Mm -hmm. gotten some dark tans before that I look back on and I'm kind of like why did I do that but with this I met her I think it was in February if not late January and she was she's pregnant but she literally got on her hands and knees to bronze my naked body. And the the way that she does it, she's not an airbrush tanner. So she doesn't use a gun and she doesn't spray the body. So it actually takes, all her appointments take like 30 to, to 30 minutes to an hour to accomplish because she's wearing gloves, um, not a mitt, literally like latex gloves. And she primes your whole body with what she calls her pre-color primer. It's infused with hyaluronic acid and collagen. And this is kind of different. If you know anything about self-tanning or airbrush tanning, they tell you you need to be almost like stripped of any moisture at all. Like no, no lotions, no oils, nothing, because they say that it can cause the product to streak when it develops or it won't take to the skin. Her method is completely the opposite. She wants you to use this primer 
um, that's infused with these really nice hydrating ingredients first. And um, it has a little bit of DHA, which is the agent that colors, you know, it tans the skin in it. So it gives you a little bit of a glow, but then she goes in with her mousse and she uses that with her gloves and she rubs it all over the body. And then she has this body bronzing brush that she uses to kind of sculpt and define certain areas. So she'll use that for the face and the neck. She'll do it for like the cleavage and the sides and the abs and Anyways, long story short, I'm a huge fan of this product. It's the first self-tanning product I've ever used that actually makes my skin feel soft and moisturized because usually it's sucking so much of the moisture out of your skin in order to dry and to stay and ultimately it means that you have to moisturize every single day afterwards, which you should anyways, but like to keep the tan going, you have to use a lot of moisturizer but you can't use like an oil. There's like, there's there's just too many precious things about self-tanning a lot of the time. So with this- Does it smell like anything? No, it doesn't have a smell, which I think is kind of amazing. Yeah. So like I'm, obs I think the, the product that really stands out to me is the pre-color primer because you can use that as a gradual tan afterwards to like keep your tan obviously moisturized, but like to add and deposit a little bit more color. And since that's the first step, it's just dramatically different than, you know, other tanning brands that say like exfoliate and don't put on any moisturizer, mm -hmm. you know? They usually make you wait 24 hours after your tan to moisturize. So I'm just a big fan. All the products have good for you skin ingredients. And we were just talking about how we're taking these ingredients we're putting on our faces and putting on our bodies. I'm running out of this. I got it like, like I said, late January, early February. And I'm finally, not finally, I'm sad, running out. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, I need to get more. But if you're looking for a really amazing self-tanner, I highly recommend it. It's Amanda Harrington London self-tanner. She has a sun-kissed sculpting kit that includes the brush, the pre-color primer, and the bronzing mousse, and it's $112. Unfortunately, she doesn't sell in retailers here in the U.S., so you have to order it from her website. Mm. And it'll probably take a couple weeks to get here. And the last thing is there, it comes in three tones. There's natural rose, natural honey, and natural olive. And I'm natural honey. It's more of like a mid-range uh, tan that leans more neutral instead of like more pink or more olive. Cute. Awesome. Yay. Warm honey. <laughs> I feel like you would, been, you would like warm honey too. I'm usually like a warm honey in like the foundation shades. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it would give you just like a little glow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I am kind of pale right now, so great. I mean, I'm not saying that, but, no, but <laughs> no you're not. I mean, uh, well, I you're mean, always going to be darker than me. Yeah, for me, usually <laughs> at this point of the year, yeah, I'm a little bit fair. True. I wanted to shout out one other thing that's literally on my face. What? <laughs> it's these cute new face masks I got from a brand called Vita. I posted on my Instagram the other day and it was like a really cute gingham print. Oh, cute. I, oh, I saw I just, them. Yeah. We're like in this. This is where we are now in the world where we're like having to look for cute face masks. Yeah. But if you are in the market for a stylish face mask that is, you know, actually works, check out Shop Vita. They're super, super cute. She makes them or I don't know if it's, it, they make them in a bunch of different prints and colors. Yes, so, and obviously it. she's talking about like face coverings. Oh yeah, sorry, not, not a like, sheet mask. Not like a sheet mask, a face mask, one that like will protect to you. To protect you. Yes, okay. Great. Awesome. All right, guys, today's episode is all about rosacea and rosacea triggers. The month of April was actually Rosacea Awareness Month, and I wrote a story for Allure. Shout out to Allure. Thanks for uh, sponsoring <laughs> Los Angeles. We really appreciate it. I wrote a story for, for Allure that came out, and one of the dermatologists that I interviewed was Dr. Michelle Farber, and far and away, she is just so, so knowledgeable on the subject of rosacea and really understands how it works, what triggers the skin, and then certain things that you should avoid if you deal with rosacea. And maybe even how to identify it if you're not sure what's going on with your skin. So she is on the show today. She's a board certified dermatologist practicing at Schwieger Dermatology Group in New York City. And her expertise includes skin cancer as well as general cosmetic and procedural dermatology. So enjoy the interview and we'll see you next week. Have you guys heard of Cherry? Sarah and I heard about it and did a little investigating and it's actually really cool. Yes. Okay. So it is an app where you can find honest, straightforward reviews from other beauty enthusiasts about products you've been eyeing or maybe products you're wondering 
are really worth the hype. We like Cherry because similar to reviews you'd get from friends or us, they're completely unbiased. The community not only lets you know how a product did work for them, but also how it might not have worked. Cherry was founded on the idea that discovering beauty products should be an inclusive process and not just from recommendations from the biggest followings, loudest voices, or most conventional looks. So it's basically like if Instagram was only beauty reviews, aka a dream. And Cherry is giving back to the beauty community by committing $100,000 to help small beauty businesses and beauty professionals in their home base of Los Angeles. $50,000 will be committed to 10 small beauty service businesses. Each will receive $5,000 from Cherry to support them during these hard times. The other $50,000 will be distributed among 50 beauty professionals displaced by the pandemic and will be paid by Cherry to create original content on the Cherry app, sharing their talent, expertise, and best advice for the beauty community. Download the app in the Apple App Store or visit www.cherry.com to nominate and vote for both beauty professionals and small businesses. That's www.cherie.com. All right, guys, we have our special guest, Dr. Michelle Farber. Thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure to be here. I am so excited to speak with you guys and hopefully um, inform some of you. Yeah, totally. So we just want to kick things off. Um, I think a lot of people are mystified by rosacea and they're not sure if they have it or they have a type of it. And basically, we just want you to break down what is rosacea? So I think your that intro really kind of helps explain why people don't understand exactly what rosacea is. I think the definition is pretty vague. Um, it's an inflammatory condition that's characterized by a couple different subtypes. So what, there can be erythrotelangiectatic rosacea. So that means there can be flushing of the face, but it's usually accompanied by telangiectasias that stay. So it's usually persistent flushing with that type, with that subtype. The subtypes usually cross over. So there can also be papulopustular rosacea. Okay. So that usually um, can be confused with acne. So you can kind of get bumps all over the face. Um, the difference between that and acne is there aren't like clogged pores like comedone. So the oiliness and the cause is a little bit different. And we can dive into that in a little bit. Yeah. There can also be ocular rosacea. Um, this can be one of the hardest types to diagnose because people can kind of feel grittiness and inflammation in the eyes. And then there can be phimidus rosacea, which is essentially thickening of the nose. There can just be like essentially more like, like thickening of skin, usually around like the nostrils. There can be in other parts of the face, usually on the nose. So those are the four subtypes. Again, like I was saying, it can cross over. Um, usually the most typical, you'll see um, the erythrochelangiectatic, like the red subtype of rosacea, where people usually come in and say, my face is irritated and red, and it'll be a little bit bumpy. So the papulopustular rosacea, that looks a little bit like acne, um, but slightly different. Then they can kind of have some of those other symptoms, sometimes those ocular symptoms, which is a little bit, um, which people won't come in and say. So we can talk about screening for that. But the, the pathophysiology or what causes it is um, a little bit more inflammation from multiple reasons. Again, we can delve into that in a in a second. But totally, it's 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 there's the four subtypes that it's a little bit vague to define. So p people sometimes don't really know exactly what's going on because it looks like a couple different things. So they'll vaguely come in and usually just say, oh, "My face is red. What's going on?" Got it. So you mentioned screening. Let's talk about that. How do do you identify? rosacea when a patient comes in they don't know what they're experiencing they don't know even if they have rosacea how do you identify it so the subtype of rosacea like i was mentioning the papulopustular rosacea is usually most people come in and say i think i have acne um, and the biggest way that i'll identify it is usually by history and their exam so the first question i ask is are you having trouble putting products on your skin is your skin really sensitive because most of the time they'll say everything irritates my skin. Because a lot of times people are really frustrated because they can't get it to go away because 
you're usually trying things at home. Most people don't want to leave it alone. And then by the time they've come to me, they've tried a couple of things. But the difference between acne um, and that papulopustular type of rosacea is that everything makes their skin sensitive. So they have trouble with products. And on exam, like I was mentioning, they usually don't have those clogged pores. So they don't have those blackheads. They're a little less oily. So they're a little bit more dry and irritated. Because can, what, what can happen with rosacea is the... Um, the barrier of the skin has some dysfunction. It's a, they're a little bit more dry, sensitive, and there's a little bit more water loss because there's a trouble with the barrier of the skin. So people are having trouble, um, again, tolerating anything on their skin. So I pair everything out, and that can be a differentiator for that subtype. And again, otherwise, some are a little bit, some a little bit more obvious because when people are flushing and they're red, it can it sticks out for me as a dermatologist. And then we kind of can go over regimen, which we can get into. The ocular subtype, for me, I usually don't see that alone, um, but I'll usually try to ask patients just to make sure that they're not missing out because that's one of the subtypes that definitely needs treatment um, because that's going to be a subtype that leaves you with symptoms if you're having some irritation in your eyes that can lead to some problems down the road if it's not taken care of. Um, and then the, the five minutes rosacea is a little bit more obvious because you're getting thickening of skin. Awesome. Okay. So you said that it can be easily confused for another skin issue like acne. Yeah. Are there any other issues that you have seen when people come in and think maybe like, do you get a lot of clients that come in and say, I have rosacea or I think I have rosacea or do they normally come in and say, oh my gosh, I don't know what this is. It's a rash or it's, it's acne. So you it, they almost usually come in and don't say that it's rosacea. Most people think that it's acne. And as a dermatologist, the red face, which is usually what people come in with, they think more often it's acne, but it's actually like a broad differential for us, meaning that can be a couple different things. The most common thing that it can be is things like acne, rosacea. There can be something called seborrheic dermatitis, which is like dandruff, where you can have a little bit of flaking on the face. Um, there can be less common things because you can have lupus on the face, which can be redness associated more often with other symptoms because when you have that lupus rash on the face, um, it's usually systemic lupus for that malar rash. People can sometimes be using products like steroids, which can cause these types of rashes on the face. So it's really important to take a history and make sure that you know exactly what people are using. And then again, we can get into what's good to use on your face, what's bad to use on your face, because sometimes people are using things that really irritate their skin and the rosacea regimen of what you're using and what you shouldn't use is so, so, so important. I have a question. So what exactly causes rosacea? Like what are the common triggers? And is rosacea technically, could it be hereditary in any way? So um, it's usually found in lighter skin, people of Scandinavian origin. Um, it can run in families, but it can be found in anyone in any age. It's more often found like in 20s to 30s and in specific subgroups, but again, anyone can get it. And it is more often found in women, but again, anyone. So are there any triggers that, you know, cause your rosacea to, I don't know, flare up more or? So that's a great question. The one thing that I guess is really helpful about rosacea is there are a lot of known triggers. So there are a lot of things that we can help people navigate so that they can help control their rosacea. So one big thing that we can do to help rosacea is we know that the sun triggers rosacea. So daily sunscreen is a really big must for anybody using that has rosacea. I tend to like zinc and titanium blockers because I think it's a little it's a little less irritating for anybody with rosacea. There are some other environmental factors while we're on that topic. So hot weather and sweating can really irritate your skin, make you flush a little bit more. Cold weather and wind can irritate your skin because like I was mentioning, the barrier skin is usually a little less, more sensitive. So it irritates you, can make you flush and can dry your skin out. There are a lot of dietary factors. So I get asked this question a lot when I'm seeing patients with rosacea because a lot of them are looking for how they can eat a little bit healthier. So we know that spicy foods irritate rosacea. Some of the things that people don't always want to hear is that alcohol can make you flush a little bit more. Red wine is usually a bigger offender, so you can still safely drink. Um, and I don't tell people to eliminate everything with rosacea because, again, you, you can't. I think you have to live your life. Um, the reasons for that is that there are certain things in red wine that make you flush a little bit more, like histamine and resveratrol. So that makes it worse than other things. 
Also, um, other drinks can have a lower alcohol content, like white wine or beer can sometimes be a little bit better. And there are some studies, there's some great literature on it, and it's some hard alcohol, even if it's higher alcohol content, isn't always as bad. And then citrus fruits can also make you flush a little bit more. Okay, this is uh, this is so interesting. Like I, I'm curious. Citrus fruits. Yeah, I know, and and that's like one of the things that I learned when I interviewed her because I was like, holy crap! Like people might be just you know enjoying their lemon water or like an orange and you know have a reaction to it. You mentioned is it resveratrol? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. As in um, in the red wine. Okay, so. That being said, I know that resveratrol is actually an ingredient that certain brands use in their products, uh, skincare products. And I personally don't have an issue with it. Like I actually really like the way it works with and reacts with my skin. So would you say that resveratrol would react similarly when applied topically versus being ingested and that you should stay away from skincare ingredients with that in it as well? necessarily. So I think different people react differently to different things. I think in general, you know, people with sensitive skin are going to react differently and topical products don't always react the same way as when they're ingested. That's true. And usually for, especially for someone with sensitive skin, you can certainly try out a test spot if you want to try a new product. So I usually tell people like to try a little area underneath their jaw and just make sure that you can tolerate a new product. So, um, Again, with some of the rosacea regimen, I usually like to pare things down and then slowly add certain ingredients back in because that can really be helpful in managing your skin. But some things are definite no-nos and some things can be okay. But I think the most important thing with skincare is there's no one size fits all because some things are going to be okay for certain people and some things aren't going to be. And just one person with rosacea skin may tolerate certain things and one person may not. And it's important to figure out what works for you. Totally. Um, can I ask, like, do you give people like a sheet? Like, I just imagine like going to see you about rosacea and then you hand them over this, this like handy sheet to tell them, okay, the first th- three things you should do, like avoid hot showers, wear sunscreen <laughs> and avoid these three products when you're eating or these three foods. Do you do this? Like, do you have like a magic formula? So I guess yes and no. Like I love to write things out for people, but I think I like to write out like what's good for them. Like I make them a regimen and I write out what works for them and go over all these triggers. Like I'm going, cause again, there are certain things that are going to be consistent, like avoiding the spicy foods, the dietary changes. And I usually tell people to kind of pick what's going to work for them, kind of keep a diary of what flares things for you. And you go out on the weekends and then that's your time to indulge because you're not going to give everything up. But you know, it's important for everybody to know, know those things. But I think, again, in building out some prescriptions and things, depending on how flared someone is, that's us individualized. Are there certain foods that you suggest people like start with when they're, when they're adjusting their diet? So I, is it the spicy foods? So those things like, and giving up hot drinks as well, at least <laughs> turning down the temperature because that dilates your blood vessels and can make you a little bit more red. So you can avoid that as much as possible. I have a question. If you know that you're going to have like an indulgent weekend drinking and eating and maybe being out in the sun, is there anything preventative that can help like that you can take or do? So there are a lot of prescriptions and then fixing your home regimen that can be really, really helpful. So like I was saying, I like to pare things down. So um, I think picking a gentle hydrating cleanser is really important. I like to kind of peel out any toners that people are using. Anything that's harsh that can strip the skin is also really important. So like nothing like witch hazel, nothing with alcohol, nothing with fragrances. So peel out everything that people are using because, um, you know, I find people that have already done it themselves. And then I find people that are throwing the kitchen kitchen sink at their skin because they're sick of, you know, having bumpiness on their face. And it's, it's a matter of kind of slow weeding that off and then putting in some prescriptions depending on what you need. And those can be in a couple different categories. So there are some calming creams that can um, help with the etiology. So there are creams that treat um, some like that help with demodex mites that can help that can tar- that can be the some of the cause of rosacea. There are sulfur based washes. Wait, what's that? What's a 
Like what's a what did you say? Demodex might? That's like something that my dog gets. <laughs> so they are <laughs> No, but truly it sounds... French bulldogs have really sensitive skin and they get So it. it sounds really scary, but they live they live on everyone's skin, but they're in higher concentrations most often in people who have rosacea. Okay. Got it. So they can it's part of the cause. So like I was it, it's multifactorial. There can be a a, a, ben, a bunch of reasons, but one is kind of repairing the skin barrier, getting rid of some of the bacterial and kind of mite reasons. I know that sounds gross, but we can help help with that. Um, and then there's sulfur-based washes, which I think can be really, really helpful. And then sometimes they're depending on how flared someone is, we'll do um, prescription antibiotics, which can which can help with the inflammatory component and then restoring a healthy bacterial balance, um, because there is some new focus on like probiotics and prebiotics because there's thoughts of some they haven't totally proven this, but there can be an in overgrowth of Helobacter pylori um, and different bacteria that can stimulate inflammation in the skin. So there's um, a thought of like a brain gut access. So if there's inflammation in the gut, so there's a lot of taking probiotics that can be helpful to restore a healthy bacterial balance that can be helpful. And there's also probiotic or prebiotic creams that can um, also help feed healthy bacteria so that it restores a better um, inflammatory balance. Got it. So there is a, that can, it can really be a range of things that can be helpful. And then I think, so the second step in getting people's skin back. So first, is kind of helping to clear up the flare. So we peel out products, we make sure you're using everything that's really gentle, and then also making sure you're using a sunscreen, getting the right prescriptions, and then maybe slowly adding in some things that help with some of the background redness, the inflammation, like things like retinoids, and if you can tolerate it, like glycolic acids in a lower percentage. Okay. Awesome. So this actually kind of leads us, uh, are there some ingredients in skincare that you should avoid if you have rosacea? You've touched on a few of them um, and you also mentioned this in the article, but like what ingredients are just 100% no-nos when you have rosacea? So anything with a fragrance, um, anything with like a harsh surfactant. So that's like sulfates that really strips the top layer of the skin. Um, anything with alcohol, witch hazel. So People really use astringents as much anymore, but toners. So people feel like they need those to get makeup off. But I would tell you to use like water in a washcloth because, you know, women want to wear makeup, especially if you have anything on your skin that you want to, especially if you feel like you need to cover it up, but you can safely do that with like a mineral-based makeup that's a little bit more gentle on your skin and then not taking it off with a harsh wipe. So using something that's a little bit more gentle and kind of stripping down your skincare routine. Would you say like micellar water is a good? That's a great option okay. to take to take off water to take off makeup or using rosacea skin in general. Um, I think that's yep. a pretty gentle skincare product. You mentioned glycolic acid and even retinol, but can you dive it? Because like our audience, I mean listeners, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like I know you. They really do care about ingredients and they love things like chemical exfoliants and things of that nature. And retinol is also like a really big ingredient for them right now. So if they think they have rosacea, I feel like they probably think I can't touch these ingredients. So I agree with you. I hear that a lot. So I think the reason why is you can't touch it if you're flared. So step one is getting rid of your flare. And that might be hard to do on your own. You probably need some prescriptions to help calm your skin, especially if you can't do it on your own. And unless you have super mild rosacea, you may need a little bit of help. So step one is again, get figuring out what products you're using that are proper. And you can, some of that you can do on your own, like keeping your skincare regimen to a little bit more of a minimum. But then the step two is adding things back in when you're not flared. Because I think those products can be hard to tolerate unless you're a little bit more oily and they, especially getting used to a retinoid. I think most of us have probably heard of like a bit of a retinoid purge or your skin gets really dry and irritated. Yeah. Um, so someone who's naturally sensitive and can't tolerate anything, sitting there thinking, why would anybody tell me to put that on my skin? So you have to just get your skin under control and then integrate those ingredients. And you may not be able to tolerate it or you're going to talk to someone who can help you tolerate like a lower percentage infrequently. So I'll tell someone with rosacea, maybe use that once a week, moisturize over top, and you're always going to want to use a sunscreen consistently in the morning because 
retinoids usually are depending on type or most usually <laughs> unless it's a retinol a retinoid is not sun stable so you're going to use that one at night moisturizer over top and then take care of your skin with and you know, rehydrating being taking care of your sun sensitivity aspect as well is there a percentage of retinol that you suggest people that have rosacea use when their flares are under control so i think that gets into like retinol is is weaker than a retinoid because okay. it, your body just has to metabolize it. It's an extra step when you're using it. So there are a couple of products over the counter that can be a good option for you to use. So there's different gel, which is again, a lower percentage than some of the ones that you're going to get prescribed. So I might start with one of something like that. There are some that you can might be able to get at your dermatologist, like um, there's Skin Better Alpha Ret which is one that you can usually get at the dermatologist's office, but those are ones that um, might not be as strong as the prescriptions and, and they're nicer in rosacea skin. Got it. So you touched on what food you shouldn't be eating and you know shouldn't be drinking, but is there a type of diet that works best if you have rosacea that you recommend to your patients? So I think in general, eating clean is helpful. So I, you know, I think it's hard to eliminate everything, but eating clean is good because I'll get questions like, should I go gluten-free? If you're gluten intolerant, great. If it makes you feel better, great. There are, it will reduce inflammation in the body. Um, you don't necessarily have to do that for your rosacea, but I think in general, a healthy lifestyle and reducing stress and things like that will be very helpful. So if eating clean is part of it, but besides some of the things that we covered, I don't know that you have to totally eliminate everything else. But an overly indulgent diet in general is just not a healthy lifestyle. And that's not going to look good on your skin. Your skin shows how you're eating. And then in terms of working out and getting exercise and sweating and, you know, your body obviously is, gets hot and maybe this triggers a flare up. Like, do you have any suggestions for how to maintain a healthy lifestyle and get in that exercise without having to worry about flaring up in your skin? So I think naturally when you're sweating a little bit more or you're hot, your skin's going to look a little bit more flushed, but that is just a little bit worse while you're working out. So I think reducing stress is always going to make you look a little bit better because stress is another trigger that I don't think I mentioned before, but it's a really important one to think about. So I think you're always going to feel better if you do integrate those things into your life, but things like washing your face with a gentle cleanser or something like micellar water is a good option. So just make sure that you're not, you know, going and brunch straight after your workout and bathing in your clothes and not washing your face. Make sure you wash your face right after and put on a moisturizer so that you're rehydrating your barrier and taking care of your skin. And then if you're working out outside, be really diligent about your sun protection. So those things are just really important, but I would never tell a rosacea patient that they should skip their workout. Awesome. Love that. Love to hear that. Um, just to, to kind of circle back on the diet thing, I heard that the Mediterranean diet is good for people with rosacea. Obviously, that's like one that's focused more on like fish and vegetables and things of that nature. Do you think that, I mean, obviously that's a little bit cleaner than like an overindulgent diet, but have you seen success with people that do kind of gravitate towards that diet? So I think just like that's like a healthier diet. So I just think that it that works in general just because it's, it's healthier. And I think some of those those things and to think about with those studies is people who are trying to stick to those diets, they live a healthier lifestyle in general, and then their skin looks better and they feel better. So I think that can be part of it, but it is a health, like it's a healthy diet, it's a healthy lifestyle. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for those types of things. I love that. I love that you are keeping it in perspective for everyone. Because yeah, of course, like, especially for the studies on that diet, people are doing that diet to become healthier and they probably have changed a lot of their lifestyle in general to benefit them. So yeah, I love that. Can you walk us through a step-by-step -step skincare regimen for somebody that has type one or type two uh, rosacea? They have flares and they have a little bit of like the pustular looking breakouts. Can you walk us through like, okay, this is what you should be cleansing with. Like we want your product recommendations. You're the expert here. <laughs> Perfect. So I can give you some of the over-the-counter products. And then I can also give you some prescriptions that I will sometimes add in. Please. With those. So yes. 
the the things that I will usually tell someone to use is I like CeraVe Hydrate and Cleanser. I think that's a great option, but just pick a plain Hydrate and Cleanser and that you can use morning and night. Or if you're a little bit more dry, it's okay to use water and a washcloth. It, usually in the morning, I'll say you've kind of been sweating all day. So you should wash your face, wash your face with a cleanser, at least at night. But if you have, if you're waking up in the morning and you're more sensitive, it's okay. Just use water in the morning. Totally. And then I probably would add in a prescription. So there's a couple of things that I kind of think of as not quite antibiotic, but in the antibiotic category that I'll usually add in the morning. So um, there's things like azelaic acid that can be a great script. Uh, they do come in a couple over-the-counter serums that people can use, but the prescription form is a little bit stronger. Um, there's Metro Cream, and I usually will like sulfur-based washes as well. I usually ask people to use them at night because they don't have the most pleasant smell, um, <laughs> but they work. So I usually will integrate them into a wash, into um, a regimen. So morning, you're washing, and then I'll usually add in one of those scripts. Usually those I think are better or are most helpful in like the papulopustular type of rosacea where you're a little bit more bumpy. And then there are a couple of creams that I'll add in to help with the irritation, like Soulanja, which I was talking about is kind of like the mite drug. And then there's a couple of creams that kind of work like a cortisone, but don't have the same side effects because they're non-steroidal creams like Elodel or Tacrolimus that helps with the irritation. So those can be used to help with the, again, making sure your skin barrier is intact and with the redness. So those can, y'all usually see a little bit of crossover with the erythrocytic and papulopustular rosacea. So those can be great options. And then I'll usually tell someone to use either that or a thicker moisturizer in the morning. So the CeraVe cream is a great option. The Roche-Posay makes a double repair. Um, that's nice because it has prebiotic. It's water. It also has niacinamide, which is great for the redness. So those are some ingredients that you can look for. Um, just in general, in your moisturizer, like ceramides is really good for hydrating the, the skin barrier. Glycerin is just going to be a really nice way to just make sure that you're hydrating the skin barrier. Then you can put on makeup. Like I mentioned, I like mineral-based makeup a little bit better because I don't think it's going to irritate your skin as much. And then your sunscreen. In terms of sunscreen, the ingredients that I like are um, the titanium and zinc-based sunscreens. I think they're um, a little less reactive for rosacea skin. So there are a couple that I think are really great. So the Roche-Posay, there's an Anthelios face mineral that's really nice. Um, there's a Skin Better uh, mineral stick that's also really nice. And if you choose a tinted one, you can just make that your, your face makeup or like a CC cream. Supergroup makes a really nice CC cream. So there's a couple different options that can be really nice and rosacea skin and usually don't, don't see, make people react. So then for nighttime, you want to wash that all off. Um, so um, exfoliation is a tough one in rosacea skin. I think we touched on adding products back, but I think the extent of exfoliation should be washing with a washcloth so that you make sure you get your makeup off and you can try to avoid the products that we talked about avoiding and make sure you don't need makeup wipes and you take off everything that you needed from the day. And then again, if you have a prescription rosacea cream, that kind of helps with the bumpiness, some of the, some in the category, like we mentioned before, some of the prescription washes, I, I do really like the sulfur-based washes. Usually with dinner, I'll recommend, if we need the antibiotics, then those can be really helpful. So some of the, some of the moisturizers also can help with redness. Um, so they're like calming creams. Avito makes a calming moisturizer that can be really helpful. So, and once you're calm, nighttime's the time to add back in the retinoid. But again, I usually will say just once a week. Is there a level of SPF that you recommend? Like a minimum? Minimum of 30. Okay. But higher is better. Got it. And do you recommend using any masks, like anti-inflammatory masks or anything that can help calm the redness or so a flare-up? I Usually a minimal regimen can be great. Um, if you're using a mask, I'll usually pick like a hyaluronic acid mask that helps hydrate. I usually will tell people to stay away from anything else. Like a clay mask is better in oily skin or acne-prone skin. Like anything like clay or charcoal was going to irritate um, rosacea skin. Um, but there are a couple of nice hyaluronic acid masks that can hydrate. But again, you want to be careful about overusing those because the one thing about hyaluronic acid is it can also pull water out of your skin because it's pulling water from the environment. It can hydrate your skin. But if you overdo it, you can almost 
create a cycle where you're a little bit more irritated. So there are biocellulose masks that you just place on your skin as opposed to just like putting it, leaving something on. So I think that those can be a little bit better in irritated skin. So Dr. Farber, I want to touch on Sulantra. Um, you brought you brought it up as like a prescription that you would give somebody for rosacea. That helps with the redness, right? So like you put that on in the morning and it's supposed to eliminate the redness for like 12 hours. Is that right? So the, the Sulantra is the one that's the mite drug. The one thing that I didn't mention is there's something called Rofi that literally constricts the vessels. So I'll give that to people that constricts the redness as well. Um, the other thing that we also didn't touch on is using is doing lasers in the office. So doing like PDL or IPL can help um, for more endurable or more durable results that um, just gets rid of the background vessels. So I think, again, keeping up with your skin care regimen is really, really important. But it's also good for people to know that lasers can also be really, really helpful in the office because it just helps actually get rid of the background vessels that creams won't do except for the ones that constrict them on a temporary basis. Okay, got it. So then correct me because I was clearly wrong. What does Sulantra do? So it's in a moisturizer base, which is why it's it's one that I like a lot, but we kind of think about it as like the mite drug. It's the one that helps with demodex. Ah, okay. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. No problem. Okay. And then you br- you brought up antibiotics. I feel like antibiotics are a little bit controversial. I know a lot of people are a little worried about consistent continued use of antibiotics. What is your stance on this? And, and when you prescribe them for um, your patients, how long do you typically keep them on a topical antibiotic versus like an oral antibiotic? So the, the topicals, like a lot of the ones in the category for rosacea are okay for a little bit longer because they're not I guess, fully in the category of antibiotics, there are some that we'll use topically that have to be used in combination with other things to make sure you don't build up resistance. But a lot of the topical meds can be used safely long-term, except for other reasons like planning pregnancy. Um, And then retinoids, obviously, you need to be careful with those, especially if you're planning pregnancy. But those are important things to discuss with your doctor. In terms of the oral medications, I think that's a really important point. The higher dose you don't want to be on for a really long time. I encourage people not to be scared about it if you need to get rid of a flare. But again, we want to get rid of your flare and then keep you off of it. There is a lower dose of doxycycline, which is one of the most commonly used antibiotics for rosacea. And at that lower dose, it's considered anti-inflammatory, not antibiotic. So that can be okay for a little bit longer term. So that's in a slightly different category. And would you keep, you would have somebody stay on that for the duration of the flare, like seven days, or is it, is it longer? So it can, it can be for a couple weeks. So it can be like for a month or two if they need that. Okay. Um, and sometimes it can be even longer in acne. So that's okay, but we just, there needs to be an end point with it. It can't be for past a couple months, if not, um, you know, in more severe cases, it can be appropriate to do Accutane if we needed to. And there's, like you're saying, you can have other side effects of it changing the gut flora, of you having resistance to antibiotics, if you're using it for too long. So we have to be careful of those things. Okay. And then Sarah, I think we hit all the questions. I just keep asking my own. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, please. Yeah, you are very... Like Kirby said, you're super thorough. I've learned so much. I'm like taking notes over here. <laughs> well, I'm really glad. I'm really glad. <laughs> my last my last question. Okay, so you were talking about the focus kind of shifting over to like pre and probiotics. Do you have a favorite that you take or that you suggest? I don't know that I have an amazing recommendation. Okay. I usually just help people take pre and probiotics. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> no worries. We just wanted to ask just in case. You like had... the, the topicals, like La Roche-Posay puts a lot of prebiotics in some of their topicals. So that's what I recommend in terms of prebiotics. Awesome. Okay, great. I think Good Belly is one for um, probiotics. Okay, great. But there's like what you're looking for, like lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. So instead of brand, I think it's what you're looking for in them. Okay, wait, repeat those two again. Lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. Okay, great. Awesome. I, you, like that was amazing. How, that was 40 minutes. That's 40 minutes full of rosacea information. You're amazing. Oh, I'm so glad. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If 
are you on Instagram? Yeah. Like how can our listeners find you so they can learn yeah. more about what you do? Or pester you with questions. <laughs> yeah, please. Like we did. Yeah. So it's Dr. Michelle J. Farber on Instagram. Amazing. And we will obviously share that guys on our Instagram so you can easily find Dr. Farber. Dr. Farber, thank you so much. We, I learned even more than when I interviewed you for uh, the rosacea piece. So I thought this was super interesting, Sarah. Like I feel like now we're locked and loaded. We know a lot more about rosacea than we did coming in. I feel like I'm a rosacea expert now. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm not. I'm not. Direct all your questions to Dr. Farber. Thank you. Well, I'm happy to answer your questions and great speaking with you guys. All right, guys, you know where to find us. We're Los Angeles Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. We have a bunch of lovely Glam Julinos, obviously in there just getting to town, giving their own reviews, asking questions so you can give your own review. And make sure that you check out our Instagram because we will be sharing uh, Dr. Farber's tips there. Thank you, guys. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.